I'm not 
After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Your mother, your father, yeah, your girl. sister, your brother, your brother, your brother, your brother,
just a deaf man in the steeple and to everyone's surprise he comes to truly chop his hand he prays with tear-filled eyes his son he is the chazan though his voice he's never heard but he sits there enjoying every Watches every motion, every gesture that he makes And he stays till the very end, however long it takes And when the davening is over, he's the first to reach his son And the deaf man in the steeple says, well done Now it's right before Yom Kippur in the steeple they want to start committing, but the cars are still not there. Oh, the shul is filled with people as the night begins to fall. But the deaf man's chair stands empty by the wall. Then suddenly the chazan he comes rushing through the door. He's wearing his white chazan's hat he's never worn before. He pauses for a moment at his father's empty chair. And quietly he wipes away a tear. And he runs up to the bima, for there's no time left to wait. And half the shoe can hear the rabbi ask, how come so late? Oh, just getting ready for Yom Kippur is all he'd say. But now I'm going up to pray. And he takes his place around it by the holy Torah And when he finished davening, the rabbi asked to tell What was it he was thinking of that made him sing so well? Well, you knew my dad was deaf, he said Last night he passed away It's the first time that my father's heard me pray And he takes his place around it By the holy Torah ring And in a voice so beautiful He begins to sing Oh, every heart was broken Oh, and every soul burned bright from his college raid at Yom Kippur night. Oh, every heart was broken. Oh, and every soul burned bright. From his college raid at Yom Kippur night.
J.M. and the A.M. Who is that? Who was that? Oh, Ellie Gerstner and Company with Cole Sasson. I remember that the um, that Ellie released that album of Hasidic tunes in a cappella format. Uh, and there it is at J.M. and the A.M. Leif Tahara, Deaf Man and the Shtiba, lots of A.K.A. Pella. 
I don't know, their music, or I should say their uh, their acapella selections are just more lively than some of the others. Hentelach, Lamancha, Vahisha Amda, Matamar, the TGIF medley was in there, Meheira was in there, Camp Shalva was in there with the uh, Adams Miro selection, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. JM in the AM Friday! We are one week. You know what's going to be happening one week from now? It is possible that exactly one week from now, it is possible that exactly one week from now, um, I'm just trying to understand the app comments that have come through. Good morning, Chef Red. Good morning, listener Morris. Good morning, listener Tikva. Um, a week from today, from right now, Avram Rosenblum could be doing an unplugged selection to warm us up for the big performance next week. In fact, uh, that's what we said we would do in the first hour next week. First of all, we're doing a radio show, so <laughs> as much as everyone's anticipating the music, please remember it's a radio show. Don't get frustrated with us if we're actually talking and doing things other than listening to phenomenal live music next week. Um, but in the first hour, I think Avram Rosalem is going to do one or two unplugged selections for us, uh, including probably Lule Hamanti. The band will be set up, the super band as I'm calling it, Avram Rosenblum, the Diasperados, Arye Kunstler. Uh, they'll all be set up by hopefully 7.15, 7.20 Eastern time. We'll try to do at least two sets in the next segment. Then we're going to break, so if Ayudin could be on. Uh, and we could you know, take care of a few things. And then starting at about a quarter to nine, we are just going to roll with as many massive music sets as possible from for the next two hours. That's basically the plan. So figure two hours worth. Uh, they'll probably play uh, three, four massive sets, and we'll do some uh, interviews in between. It's going to be a live musical extravaganza, and the list of sponsors continues to grow, and I thank everybody. We have such amazing listeners who are sponsoring this event, and they're hearing about it. Some people can't show up, but they're hearing about it, and they're just enthusiastic about it. And I thank everybody. Last night, more people were added to that list, and I'll go through them next week, of course. We'll thank everybody constantly uh, next week who's uh, generously contributing to support the event. Uh, but I got to thank our chair, Steve Adelsberg, our New Jersey chair, uh, Ralph Rosenbaum, I got to thank Mizrahi. They are presenting the whole thing. Thank you to RZA.org, the Religious Zionists of America. Um, we are in the throes of a massive, a massive swell of Zionism <laughs> with Mizrahi because not only do we have the big event with them next week, but please God, if the Israeli government ever responds, please God. We will be uh, in Israel next month with them, which will be amazing, absolutely amazing. A uh, big thank you to our friends at Yatar. Did Yatar get to the goal? If not, we got to get them to their goal before Shabbos. It's insane that they're not there yet. Um, Yatar is uh, under $6,000 away. I don't know why the last few days have become so, uh, so annoyingly sn- uh, slow with this campaign. Uh, as you heard... Um, as you heard Esther Horgan's uh, husband, Binyamin, mention yesterday, they need an ATV security vehicle for that region to prevent the terror attacks like the one that killed his wife. Uh, and they're at 
uh, 79,200 and they're trying to get to 85,000. So anybody out there, first of all, a $5,000 donation basically gets them to their goal, but I'm not asking you to do that. Just everyone, please contribute something. It's charity.com, charity with a D, charity.com slash Yatar, excuse me, Yatar Israel, Y-A-T-A-R. Charity.com slash Yatar Israel. And of course, we thank you. <clears throat> we got our news from Israel coming up in a couple of minutes. Next Friday's JM and the AM will go from 6 to 11 a.m. It is a true Lagba Omer celebration. It is a true international event because it'll be on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, our uh, website, obviously, uh, obviously on the app, audio fashion, and all the other audio sources for this show. Yeah, people forget. You don't have to watch. I mean, we'd love you to watch, believe you me. Our friends at Colrum Multimedia are coming up with some really nice images. We want you to watch. But um, but you don't have to. You can just listen to the app and hear the amazing, great music. Like, you know. So no matter where you are around the world, you know, in Israel, it's going to be 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Shabbos is like 6.40 or so, I was told, next week. So, I mean, you literally could sit in Israel next week and enjoy a Lagba Omer afternoon like none other because you'll be able to see our radio show, and half the time you'll be enjoying uh, the incredible music that um, that is going to be uh, presented. So it's a big day next week, and we're looking forward to it one week away. Thank you to everybody for making it possible. And um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Friday morning on this April 23rd, it is the 11th of ER. Today is day 26 in the counting of the Omer, three weeks and five days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Achremos, and Kedoshim, a double Parsha with candle lighting at 724. Monday is Pesach Sheni. Get the matzah ready. Monday is Pesach Sheni. I think I threw not, I shouldn't say throughout. I think we gave away uh, all of our matzah, but I'll, I'm sure we'll find something somewhere. And, of course, Friday is Lagba Omer. Uh, no need to remind anybody here. 40 degrees, sunny, high 64, clear tonight, low 48. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high 70. Good-looking Shabbos day tomorrow. Yerushalayim right now at 79. We're at 40 here in New York. Sunday, it's supposed to rain all day here in New York. That'll be the problem for the weekend, but thank God Shabbos. We're expecting good weather in this area. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Harry Rothenberg on the way about this week's Parshios. Rabbi Yudin later on. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us. Weekly update coming up. That's about the 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. And, hey, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going. That's what we do. We go strong here every single morning, all day long with amazing programming. And uh, we'll just keep going this morning until we get to 9 a.m. and hand things off to the next host here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. Simple as that. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We stay Boker Toe from Jam in the AM. שגרירות ארצות הברית בישראל פרסמה לפני זמן קצר תגובה חריגה לאירועי הלילה בירושלים, בעברית ובערבית. אנחנו מודאגים מאוד מהתקריות האלימות ומקווים שגורמים שונים ינהגו באחריות ויקראו לשים קץ להסתה, להשיב את הסדר על כנו ולשמור על כבודם וביטחונם של כל תושבי ירושלים לשון הודעת השגרירות.
במקביל נשמרת הכוננות הגבוהה במזרח ירושלים. בשעה זו מתקיימות במתחם הר הבית תפילות יום השישי והרמדאן, תחת אבטחה כבדה של המשטרה ומשמר הגבול. היועץ המשפטי לממשלה אביחי מנדלבליט שלח בדקות האחרונות מכתב נוסף לראש הממשלה נתניהו, לראש הממשלה החליפי בני גנץ, ובו הפציר בהם לאייש את משרות השרים החסרים, ובהם שר המשפטים. הודעתו של מנדלבליט באה בעקבות הצו שהוציאו אמש שופטי בג"ץ לממשלה לנמק עד יום ראשון מדוע לא מונו השרים. במכתבו מתח מנדלבליט ביקורת חריפה על התנהלות הממשלה. באומרו, שיקולים פוליטיים כאלה ואחרים אינם יכולים להצדיק חוסר מעש ממשלתי, אשר פוגע באינטרסים ציבוריים חיוניים. כך מנדלבליט. המשא ומתן הקואליציוני, ברקע המאמצים בגוש מתנגדי נתניהו להקים ממשלה, אומר הבוקר יושב ראש ימינה נפתלי בנט, כי יסרב לדרישת ישראל ביתנו להותיר את המפלגות החרדיות מחוץ לממשלה. בנט לא יקבל חרם על החרדים או על נציגיהם, ולא על אף קבוצה בישראל. בישראל ביתנו ענו להודעת ימינה וכתבו כי המפלגה לא מחרימה שום מגזר, לרבות המגזר החרדי שנפל קורבן לעסקני ש"ס ויהדות התורה. בתוך כך כתבנו יניר קוזין מדווח כי בסביבת יושב ראש יהדות התורה משה גפני טוענים כי הפגישה בינו לבין יאיר לפיד לא בוטלה אלא נדחתה מסיבות טכניות בלבד. חברת SpaceX שיגרה לפני זמן קצר ארבעה אסטרונאוטים לתחנת החלל הבינלאומית במסגרת תוכנית של סוכנות החלל האמריקנית. השיגור שבוצע ממרכז החלל הקנדי שבפלורידה הוא הראשון שבוצע באמצעות משגר שיעשה בו שימוש חוזר. מסעם של האסטרונאוטים אל תחנת החלל צפוי להימשך כיממה, וארבעה אזרחי ארצות הברית, צרפת ויפן ישהו בה כחצי שנה. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת אחרי מות קדושים. בירושלים ב-6.34, בתל אביב ב-6.56, בחיפה ב-6.46, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת ב-5.57. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר. בירושלים ב-7.51, בתל אביב ב-7.53, בחיפה ב-7.54, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת מחר ב-7.42. צום הרמדאן יישבר הערב בשעה 7.21. תחזית מזג האוויר, עלייה ניכרת בטמפרטורות ויעשה חם מהרגיל העונה עם ירידה בלחות. אלה החדשות שעורך מרון ששון. And for our listeners in Israel, uh, when you pick up your issue of Torah tidbits for Akhrei Mos Kedoshim, uh, the uh, announcement about next week's Lagba Omer Extravaganza is on page 37. <laughs> a dream come true for me that uh, that uh, that one of our activities is featured on the pages of Torah tidbits as people see it in their shuls and uh, check it out this uh, week in Israel. <laughs> and of course, if you're not in Israel, you can check it out by going online and checking it out in that fashion. More coming up. It's a Friday, Erev Shabbos, and you are listening to JM in the AM. <laughs> Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Benny Friedman, brand new. What a uh, an acapella album that is. Really good stuff. Benny Friedman, brand new Whispers of the Heart, volume number two here at J.M. in the A.M. That's Imeshkachich, of course. Day 26 in the counting of the Omer. If you got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Again, it's day number 26. Candle lighting, New York, 724. Let's check that against the local sunset. I always get criticized for an, for uh, for announcing a too early of a time. Yeah, it's 20 minutes before sunset, so we're going with that. 7.24 is your candle lighting time on this, uh, on this era of Shabbos. Yeah, I don't know if Harry, we were just talking about it in the studio. I don't know if Harry Rothenberg is going to be there next Friday. It would be amazing. If he showed up to our show at 7 o'clock next Friday and did a live Dvar Torah, that would be incredible. Um, but we'll see. We'll have a lot of uh, fun stuff, a lot of interesting stuff next week as part of the radio show, of course, in addition to the insane musical jam that you're going to be able to see and hear around the world. Um, so... Um, Hey, get ready. Get ready for our Lagba Omer JMNAM live music extravaganza. Get ready. Should be pretty amazing. I can't think of any other way to put it. It's going to be simply amazing. <laughs> uh, if you want to attend, if you want to attend the event, um, if you want to attend the uh, Lagba Omer celebration, it's in Rahway, New Jersey. We're renting out the Art Scroll Studios on their property. And there'll be a full breakfast. There'll be a minion at 810, an 8-10 chakras. And, um, and you're more than invited to come on down. It, uh, the official sponsorship fee for those who want to attend is uh, $500 a person. Uh, not an expensive price to pay to keep us going here at, uh, at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, all you do is go to fjbunity.org. Go to fjbunity.org. The details are there. You can click on sponsorship opportunities, and you'll see it. fjbunity.org. And if you just want to sponsor the event in any capacity, whatever it is you want to give, uh, please go ahead and do so by giving any amount at fjbunity.org. A special thank you to the Weintraub and Markowitz families. Um, they are um, sponsoring the event on Friday, a week from today, in memory of Chava Basrab Shlomo. That is my dear grandmother-in-law, Mrs. Evelyn Booby Leader, who some people, as I always point out, knew because she was so lively and so friendly. Uh, so a lot of people knew her, especially from the streets of the Lower East Side. And uh, she passed away on Lagba Omer back in uh, 19, uh, 1997, 1997, 24 years ago. On Lagba Omer Saturday night, the 18th of ER, she passed away. So in commemoration of her yard site and Le'ilui Nishmasa, uh, the uh, Weintraub and Markowitz families have dedicated their sponsorship to her memory. And we thank them for that. We have a million angles going on. We have great chair people and presenting sponsors and people 
as you hear, uh, sponsoring Ali Ilu Nishmas, uh, uh, Mrs. Evelyn Leader, because it's her yard site. There's a lot of different people who, from different angles, are doing things um, to uh, make this event a success. So a big, big thank you to everybody from all of us here at JM and the AM. And get ready for Friday, everyone. Get ready for Friday. Um, okay, so uh, Harry Rothenberg on Fridays. Um, gives us the opportunity to uh, air his weekly Dvar Torah, and today is no exception. Harry Rothenberg on Achremos Kedoshim at JM in the AM. In this week's Torah portion, we're told that we're not allowed to steal. The sages explain that that prohibition applies in a wide variety of contexts, some of them obvious, some of them less so. Obviously, it means that you're not allowed to steal another person's money or possessions. But it also means that if you're an employee and you're paid to work a certain number of hours and you goof off, that's also stealing. And it means the following. We're told by the sages that before the birth of every child, a malach, an angel up in heaven, records the individual attributes and abilities with which God has gifted that particular child who's going to be born soon. And that child, as he or she grows, is expected to use those abilities to serve God doing the mitzvot, the commandments, and helping those less fortunate. And if that child, he or she, doesn't use those abilities for that purpose, goofs off, or worse, uses those abilities for contrary purposes, then that's also considered stealing. Contrary to popular, prevalent belief, the main reason that God put us here and gave each of us our abilities is not to watch Netflix. God expects much more from us. Every morning when we wake up, we're clocking in. We work for the big man upstairs. And every night before we go to sleep, we're clocking out. And every single day there's an accounting. What did we do that day? How did we use the abilities and talents we were given? And now we can understand a key scene towards the very end of the Torah. When God tells Moses, Moshe, that he's not going to be able to enter the promised land. And Moshe is crushed. He begs God, he pleads with him, he prays to him. Imagine, this is the man who went up on the mountain and brought the Torah down from heaven. And the Torah has so many laws, so many commandments that are dependent on living in the land. And one of those arguments that Moshe makes to God is the following. God, I understand that I can no longer be the leader. I accept that. I'm willing to turn in my gun and my badge. Strip me of the mantle of leadership. Give it to Joshua, Yehoshua, and I'll just be a regular Joe instead of Mo. Yeah. Let me be a farmer. Give me a small plot of land. I'll be able to tend it and observe the agricultural laws that can only be observed in the land of Israel. And God says to him, no, it won't work because you'd still be Moshe and it wouldn't be enough for you to just quietly serve me you'd have to also continue to share the wondrous talents that I gave you with your fellow Jews and with the rest of the world. And so I want to end this with a shout out and a welcome. My wife and I earlier this week were gifted with the ultimate gift by God. One of our sons and daughters-in-law had a baby boy. And so my blessing, my brocha to our new grandson, our new arrival, is that as he grows up, he becomes aware of and hones each of the abilities and talents that God gave him and uses them to observe the mitzvahs and to help those less fortunate. And I'll let one of his big brothers have the last word.
But the back of the store still remembers the song. The nine men who waited till one came along. How Shabbos was carried on a song. Whoa, I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. Every woman, every man, I gotta keep on giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta keep on giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta keep on giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta keep on giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
We love schlock rock, and you know, <laughs> by extension, we love schlock appella. Rashi, keep on giving, and Minion Man, all of which remind me, by the way, that uh, we've got a big event coming up Friday, a week from today, to JMM Lockbomer Extravaganza. If you want to be a sponsor and keep on giving to us, go to fjbunity.org. Fjbunity.org. Consider coming down. It's in Rawway, New Jersey. Full breakfast, chakras, amazing music. Should be pretty spectacular. That's the bottom line. Um, and it's happening uh, Friday, 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Thank you, Mizrahi. Thank you to our chairman, Steve Adelsberg. Thank you to our New Jersey chair, Ralph Rosenbaum. Thank you to um, everybody, frankly, who's helping to put together an amazing event. Um, and you heard Minion Man. Uh, there'll be a Minion at this event, 810 next Friday, 810 for Shachris, if you come and attend. So you got that as well. We try to cover every base. Not easy, but we try hard to cover everything that needs to be covered. 
Uh, an evening of inspiration has been announced for this coming Tuesday. Our friends at the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center are dedicating the night to the memory of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld, Rabbi Noah Isaac Elbaum, Rabbi Eitan Feiner, Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, Rabbi Chaim Schwartz will all be presenting. Rabbi Zavol Perlman, the coordinator of Jewish affairs at Margaret Teets, will moderate. You'll see it on the Queen's Jewish Link website. You'll see it on the Yeshiva World website. You'll see it on the Margaret Teets website. And it's this coming Tuesday at 7 p.m. And we will certainly remind you about that as we get closer. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net. Try A&H today. And um, this Shabbos, as I said, very possible that we'll be breaking, breaking out one of those um, hanging-on-the-porch salamis from A&H that are so dried out and look so delicious. So hopefully that'll be part of our menu this coming weekend. That's our uh, that's our intention, at least. Our friends at Artscroll.com remind you to use promo code RADIO. Always Use promo code RADIO. The brand-new book is out by Rabbi Eliezer Krohn. It's entitled A Woman's Guide to Practical Halacha. When you order that or any of the thousands of Art Scroll books, guess what? Major discount and free shipping with promo code RADIO. Why somebody would go to artscroll.com and not use promo code RADIO, I can't tell you. I can't get into the psychology of every single person out there. I mean, uh, would people walk into a store and not use the coupon they have for something that they're buying? I don't know. Possibly. That's always a frustrating feeling, by the way, <laughs> walking out of the store and realizing you had a coupon for, <laughs> for something you bought. But anyway, I digress. Uh, go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio, and enjoy. Chef Red, he's into Minion Man. Thank you, Chef. Um, I thank everybody who's commenting on the app this morning. One of our listeners asks a question for Malcolm. Has BB finally been cornered? Well, it certainly seems like his support is eroding uh, among the Israeli polit- uh, politicians or government officials. And this deadline that we suspected would be shvuas for him to form a government, it ain't going to be shvuas. It's coming up much quicker. So I don't know. BB in, in no strong, certainly in no stronger position than he was, but we will ask Malcolm about that and many other things coming up during the weekly update if you keep it right here. At the JM and AM, plenty to ask him about. That's for sure. Brand new Benny, excuse me, brand new Benny Friedman featuring Revi Schwabel at JM and the AM. Thank you. 
A segment called Kolenu, done by Kol Zimra. I didn't realize that was them. Friday morning broadcast, JM and the M, day 26 in the counting of the Omer. 26. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Yeah, we're halfway through the Omer, or uh, three, four weeks, well, three weeks, right? Three weeks from Monday from Shavuos. And we are one week away from our Lagba Omer celebration. Happening in Rahway, New Jersey. We've rented out the uh, Art Scroll Studios in Rahway, New Jersey. Avram Rosenblum, the Diasperados. Aryeh Kunstler, a whole bunch of other great musicians making up an absolute super band. They'll be doing our music. We'll be doing the show 6 to 11 a.m. To watch it around the world. The whole show is around. The whole show will be on Facebook Live, Instagram Live with people watching all around the world. Oh, by the way, if you're in Israel, um, well, anybody could do it on the computer also, but if you're in Israel this Shabbos and you see the Torah Tidbits publication in your shul, page 37. We've made the big time. (laughs) Page 37, the big flyer about the Lagba Omer event, which you can watch in Israel from uh, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. next Friday on Lagba Omer. No better way to celebrate Lagba Omer. We investigate it. No better way to celebrate Lagba Omer. Big thank you to everybody. Mizrahi, our presenting sponsor, all of our sponsors, uh, the Markowitz and Weintraub family, in memory of Chavabas Reb Shlomo, whose yard site is on Lagba Omer, our chairman, uh, Steve Adelsberg, our 
New Jersey Chair Ralph Rosenbaum, everybody who's involved in making the event a success. Much appreciated. You'll meet a lot of those people next week on audio and video when we do the show. And we're very much looking forward to it. Should be amazing. Hey, our friends at Jewish World Review remind you, if you're looking for tens of thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world to print out before Shabbos, do yourself a fa- Do what I do. Sit in your living room with your phone and print out from your phone. I couldn't believe it when I found out months ago you could do that. Print out from your phone uh, thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world. Go to jewishworldreview.com for information. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays for the weekly update at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. It's always good to be with you. Did you realize? Did you realize that you could print from your phone in your living room or not? I do it all the time. Oh, excuse moi. I, I am very tech savvy. You could say that again for someone from your generation. My gosh. <laughs> well, yeah, we're the younger generation, as uh, as you know, and we're we're learning all these things. I know you're 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 a uh, millennial. I know. Uh, by the way, we have carved out. This is up to you totally because obviously uh, we don't have a regular schedule next Friday because of our Log Bomer celebration. And I have no idea if you want to travel to Rahway, New Jersey. But in case you do, remember there's a full breakfast and a minion there. In case you do, we have carved out during our intermission. There's going to be an intermission of the big show next week. At least an 8 to 10 minute slot for a little bit of a weekly update. So I'm letting the audience know that if you're there... We'll do something. If not, it's going to have to wait a couple of weeks. I see okay. I, I see. I haven't enticed you to get into your car and drive out to Jersey. <laughs> do, you, do you need a passport to go to Rahway? <laughs> I don't know. But what, what, one thing you certainly need is an apostille. I can tell you that much. <laughs> My God, I'll tell you. By the way, I mean, we'll start with this because we're on it already. Um, I, I mean, you know, it, it's funny watching BB. And the, you know, his machinations as a genius politician or diplomat. And then when it misfires, it's really bad. First of all, let's start with this. We originally thought because of the extensions that are, that were likely, he'd have Tul Shavuos to form a government. Now it does seem he'll just have another week or so, and that's about it, right? That's it. It's, um, it's not, there's no sign that would justify an extension wow. and the indication that there's going to be uh, an extension. And it could be that the president will just go and give it back to the Knesset, which could then engage in its own negotiations to create a government, or they will move towards a fifth election. And the difference is that last time he had Gantz, who looked like a serious type of partner, whatever it was, a unity government, not unity government, it looked like, and now there's just no serious partner left, right, in order to get to 61. Yeah, and there's no, there are no parties right now that are saying that they, they, the parties that are willing to go with him don't add up to 61. Right. So now, based on the news reports, it looks like on May 5th or shortly thereafter, Yair Lapid will be given the opportunity. Does he have a chance to get to 61? Not from what it appears now, unless there's some radical change or people break away from Likud or, or, or the reverse, that uh, Likud without Netanyahu, could form a government, probably. Right. Uh, but you need a strong leader these days, and I think it would be uh, it is all, all, all very disruptive for, for Israel right now. No, and, and you need leadership at, at a critical time with the Iranian negotiations, with all the other terrorists that Israel has around it, and you saw the missile from Syria that yep. landed, and whether it was a rogue shot or not, just a reminder, at the very least, and that the capacity that they have... So Israel needs it, and in the aftermath of, of um, the covered cost 
Um, so, I mean, based on what you're saying, on, on the surface, if neither of those two parties can get to 61, so we are seriously heading to another election, right? I mean, unless, unless I guess it would be Bennett, right? If Bennett and maybe even Saar, you know, saw an opportunity to join some type of coalition that would be, you know, to their benefit down the road politically. Well, you see that, that these negotiations are going on between uh, Bennett and Lapid, and, right. and think of it that uh, Bennett only has seven seats, right. and yet it could be the prime minister. It could be, uh, you know, the, the terminant of the prime minister for sure. Right. And the um, we could, but still the largest party. It's 31 seats, and they go into the opposition, perhaps with the religious parties, perhaps not, but certainly with some others, the, the Yamina and others uh, would go with them into the opposition. So you have a big block of the Knesset not supporting the government. Right. And, and it seems from what you're saying that we need a government. It, you know, at this point, I don't want to say no matter who it is, I'm sure you have your preference or who you think might be, you know, better leaders, but we, it, it, going back to another election, it, going back to another election is such a terrible answer to all this, right? It's a terrible message. It's a terrible process. I mean, the reform that really is needed is not going to happen because everybody has these vested interests in every time. Uh, you saw even the prim- proposal by the prime minister, although ill-timed, um, to have direct election. <laughs> ill-timed is funny, of, you're right. Of the, uh, <laughs> of the prime minister. You know, we tried it once before and it didn't work. So no reason to expect that, that it'll do much better now. You know, they said that's the definition of insanity. He's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. The, the Israelis have, have gone through all these processes before. They know what needs to be done. There isn't the, the political numbers to, to really do it. And I think a fifth election, you know, turns it into it's like Italy. It's like other countries that used to have a government for you know, a year, six months, and then they would change. The average government in Israel lasts about two and a half years until mm-hmm. now. Now this will lower the the average a great deal. Small parties in Israel often become kingmakers under exactly. the under the system that they're proposing with this direct, you know, prime ministerial election. All, all it is is you're creating more opportunity for small parties to become kingmakers in the eventual makeup of the Knesset. You, uh, that's right. The system encourages it and gives leverage, and so you see what what the the, the uh, what was considered before a radical Islamic party now talks about being in the coalition and um, plays uh, an outsized role again in uh, in in determining the prime minister or the constitution of the next government. This is these are all factors that everybody should have a vote and everybody should be able to be in the government and should be represented in the government. But the manipulation that this that uh, comes about because of this of the system and gives leverage and everybody then pursues narrow interests rather than the broader national interest. We've been discussing the possibility of Arab parties who were courted by Netanyahu. We've discussed that. Um, you know, joining a coalition. I mean, that, that's completely dead now, right? If that was still alive, then Netanyahu likely would still be, be offered the possibility to form a government, right? Well, they, they offered to, to sit not in the government, but to be in the Knesset in support of a coalition to get to 61. Right. But that doesn't see, and and the opposition of many of the other parties to that, to having a government dependent on uh what was described as an Islamist party, now you see seems to be coming across as a moderate uh, but the Ram party is, you know, had, had been described very differently than it is today. And I don't think that, that they want to have a government dependent upon that vote because it can shift easily. 
What do you know about the uh, Jew versus Arab, Arab versus Jew clashes in Jerusalem today? Uh, I've seen the pictures. I've seen the reports on it. It's it's very bad. It's it's got to stop. There has to be law and order. But there also can't be the continuing assaults on Jews as uh, walking in the streets of Yerushalayim near Yerushalayim uh, by Arabs wantonly slapping and punching them. Uh, and on the other hand, you can't have people take the law into their own hands and then retaliate. Uh, the police get it, uh, ultimately injured. The army gets ultimately injured in the process. But there were a lot of arrests. I think more than a hundred people. And there were numerous injuries, so it's uh, it, there has to be law and order. Whoever's behind it, it, it could be a, a number of factors here. One is the Palestinian election coming up, and people who want to stoke the issue of Jerusalem because the, it's hinging on whether the uh, Arabs are, are going to be allowed to vote in Palestinian Authority voters mm. can vote in. Jerusalem, you know, remember last year they had to go right outside Jerusalem. They, right. they worked out an accommodation. Uh, this time, they they, Netanyahu hasn't yet expressed a view about what, what will happen, and the PA now is saying, well, if we can't have that, we're going to postpone it, when in fact they want to postpone it for very other reasons. One, that they're likely to lose, and Hamas is, like, is increasingly likely to get a majority to, and to essentially win the election, or to make it very close, which means that they lose control, and Abbas doesn't want to be kicked out of the the seat, you know, that he's occupied. And for the last, uh, the last time there was an election, I think, was 15 or 16 years ago. Wow. Uh, and the, they, uh, they're very concerned about uh, the outcome of this election, as the polls and other things indicate. Uh, he's pulled these desperate moves before, and he tries to always shift the onus onto Israel. So perhaps, this is my speculation, that some of the violence is stimulated to call attention to say, look, under these circumstances, we can't move with the election. Um, there are always uh, agendas, and we know that foreign countries have stimulated demonstrations and violence uh, to serve their purposes, especially on Harabayat and, and the Temple Mount and other places. And Turkey, you have no... I'm sorry. Others, yeah. No, I was going to say, uh, you, and you have no reason to suspect that's not the case now, that foreign entities are interfering and causing this. No, we know that they're interfering. Them. I don't know if they're involved in these specific right. demonstrations, right. whether these are spontaneous, in fact, or whether they're um, organized, or they could be domestically organized. Right. The fact that you have the foreign money coming in is definite. That's happening. Right. We know that it is, and they've admitted that it is. Right. And the... the um, you know the the attempts to influence this election too. Probably there there is uh, money coming in. People aren't looking at the list that uh, that Hamas, for instance, has a lot of terrorists. Uh, it's, they're by definition terrorists. What, what happens? Hamas is uh, recognized by the United States as a terrorist organization. If they run the government, the United States essentially is not allowed to deal with them. And the um, uh, you know the concern is clearly apparent, and you have the divisions with Bargudi running, with Dahlan running, with uh, all these other guys on the in the non-Hamas uh, elements uh, running. It doesn't mean most of them are moderates. They're not, but they they are not the Hamas. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a very complicated um, uh, circumstance right now. And the U.S., I think, would certainly support a postponement. Uh, if in fact the number, the indications now are that the then uh, PA is very unpopular, it's seen as corrupt. They've delivered nothing for the people, and this is the, the response.
It's funny, we always talk about Arab escalation of violence in advance of Israeli elections and how that could affect things. I didn't think of it in the context of a PA election coming up. Uh, And speaking of PA elections, they're exactly the opposite of Israel. They have an election every 15 years. Israel has an election every 15 minutes. So on average, the two work out. (laughs) That's right. No complaints about the governments in the Middle East, because average-wise, it works out just fine. Um, So you mentioned the Syrian missile. I mean... I don't know what you could say publicly or not, but how close did that Syrian missile get to facilities that Israel cares a lot about in the Negev? Well, Israel's gone to great lengths to indicate that they don't believe it was targeting uh, sensitive location, the sensitive, most sensitive location, but any sense, any location. And the very fact that they can shoot a missile that far is a reminder to to people of the danger to civilian populations. Uh, and the question that's being raised is an obvious one, why the Patriot or other defense systems that weren't operational uh, and didn't take it down before it landed. It landed, thank God, and didn't do much damage. Uh, somebody did find in their backyard remnants of it, and uh, you know it came close enough to civilian populations to be of concern. Uh, the question is, was this just a, a rogue operation? Was it an, an errant fire, meaning that it, it, somebody set it off not intentionally, that Syria certainly is not interested in engaging Israel? You know, it's funny, this- because anybody who's heard you over the last 10 weeks, you, you know, you basically have said that they they got to be out of their minds to start up with Israel at this point, especially with the insecurity that's going on in their own country. And then this happens, and you start to wonder, right. you know. So that's why I think it's credible what the, Israel has been saying, or spokespeople for the IDF, that that this was um, not aimed at the at the specific location. It wasn't. It may have been errant fire, rogue fire. <clears throat> and as you know, Assad this week also or don't know announced elections. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and uh, you know he's running for his fourth uh, uh, t- term. Um, I think that, I think it's on May 26th. Uh, so you have a lot of elections there. The PA yeah. in, in Syria. Maybe Israel, who knows? Um, and, you know, obviously it's it's a fixed outcome, although there are women announced for the first time ever that she's running, uh, I think her name was Ali Nahar, uh, running against him. And uh, so uh, Assad need, does it to, to gain legitimacy. It's also a cover for doing things against people as they are constantly carrying out massive violations of, of the of human rights, and, um, and so this the, the the particular firing, I think, is uh, one issue. The question of Israel's preparedness and how it what what it set off. Often, some of these things are just done, and people, you know, I know raise questions. If you say it's a rogue operation, all it means is one soldier may have fired it. You know, they may, there some do want to stimulate uh, conflict. Uh, there are a lot of clashes going on. There's a lot of internal fighting. The Kurds um, engaged in a very big clash this, uh, just in the last 48 hours or so. There are um, many um, incidents going on with the Iranians. Israel is hitting Iranian shipments again. Now they say that they're inside mountains and underground, and the Iranians essentially taunting the Israelis that they can't hit their facilities, but they're hitting them anyway, and more or less successfully. The, so the situation in Syria is people are tired of it. The new media hardly reports it, but it is very tense, and there are and there are a lot of things going on in, in this full, during all this time. Hezbollah continues its operation. Iran, Turkey, many times clashing. Uh, 
and the the with the Syrian forces, etc., and the militias, the Iranian militias are very active. They have a hundred thousand militia, Shiite militia in Iraq and in Syria, etc., um, and of course uh, operating out of Lebanon into Israel. And the you know there's a lot of concern on the people in the north uh, of Israel because uh, you know they, they they never are assured even though Israel has said that they've eliminated all the tunnels and caught all the tunnels, but there's always this unease about it, and the fact that uh, Hamas and Hezbollah and the others are operating in the Golan, near the Golan, they do not want a war now. I don't believe Hezbollah can risk it, just as I don't believe Iran wants an all-out war with Israel, or the retaliation would be different, and certainly Syria doesn't want a war with Israel. And and thank God Israel's been able to operate with relative impunity against the targets in uh, in Syria uh, because the Russians and the others don't want to see the Iranians entrenching and, and building up their capacity in Syria. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Next week, our Lagba Omer Extravaganza, which people will be watching from and listening to, hopefully, as well. Uh, from all around the world, on every platform you can imagine. We'll be on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, obviously on our website and a million other platforms that normally carry us. And um, uh, the next full weekly update, uh, May the 7th, two weeks from today, for the full experience. Uh, Malcolm Holmline with us live via telephone this morning. Uh, and I always wonder, by the way, I mean, I want to move on, but just to tie that up for a second, I, I always wonder... Um, because we've seen in the past Hezbollah could go up against Israel or could start lobbing missiles with Syrian support and often with Syria being quiet. So Syria not wanting to go to war with Israel does not preclude Hezbollah from starting up with Israel if they wanted to, correct? Well, Hezbollah can operate from two places. One is from Lebanon and one is from Syria. You know, for many years the Syrian border was quiet because they would operate across the Lebanese border. Um Hezbollah is not independent of Iran in terms of making decisions, and Iran doesn't want to see all of their investments of 150,000 missiles, the new guided systems, guidance um, systems that are affixed to, to these missiles. They don't want to see all that wiped out, and they know that Israel has been practicing and giving warnings and shown them the capacity to strike broadly, even though many of these missiles are placed in civilian homes. They've been saying that in the past, when when it was simply a terrorist organization. Right. Israel was restricted in what they could do because they didn't want to hit Lebanon. Today, they are Lebanon. And you know that they set up a system in Lebanon whose economy is in total destruction. They, the, it's worse than during the Civil War there, and it's, I guess the Civil War is sort of ongoing. Um, they, they, they set up their own supermarkets, and you can't get food unless you have a card, so essentially a membership card, with Hezbollah. Wow. And this is one of the ways you take control of a country, yep. is that you control access to food, to, yep. to goods. And they are they are increasingly extending that network. So they're doing many things. Uh, there's so much more we could talk about Lebanon. It's it's a basket case. You know, they, they are also, ext- Lebanon is extending its sea, its claims on uh, in the sea uh, against Israel, taking more territory that Israel claims where the you know, drilling is already taking place, not just where they want to drill. Uh, Syria, on the other hand, is moving, encroaching on Lebanese territory, claiming it and wanting to drill in, on the other side, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the north uh, of Lebanon. 
Uh, Lebanon is a very delicate, situ- uh, tenuous situation. Hamas, uh, Hezbollah's position there is as well that they don't get as much money as they used to from Iran, but they are operating. They are continuing to develop their, their capacity uh, and wanting to work through the, the into Syria, where they are hidden amongst the, the various uh, uh, Syrian army detachments. They put on Syrian army uniforms. Israel operates against them periodically, uh, but they, everybody is going to be reluctant to have a full confrontation right now. But that doesn't mean that something can't happen that sparks something that escalates uh, beyond uh, a contained event. Um, I, I know we don't do the local stuff that often, but uh, I thought of you for a reason this week, and I think it's a point just r- worthy of reminding people. First of all, we're very concerned in this area. You're a New York City resident. I'm a New York City resident. We're very concerned about the upcoming June primary and who the next leader of the New York City will be for a million reasons. We see what's happening in major cities in this country in general over the last year. Um, but, you know, yesterday someone, you've said to us a million times, you know, when people throw around the word Nazi, you always say if everyone's a Nazi, nobody's a Nazi. And I heard someone say on, on TV the other day in this whole, you know, era of everyone's a racist, if everyone's a racist, nobody's a racist. And I, I thought it was an important message to remind everybody about because if you continue, you just talked about it, it controlling food of a country. If you control the language in that, you know, and, and use it in a manner uh, where you completely dilute it, then it's completely meaningless. And I think it's an important thing for people to keep in mind with the atmosphere we have right now in the U.S. hundred uh, percent right. And diminution of that word and of the Holocaust and distortion is it's why we fight it so hard. Uh, it's it is a there are very dangerous trends in the United States. Look, one of the mayor candidates came out and said Israel's an apartheid state, and that should have been enough to make sure that I mean, not a leading candidate, but and I don't mention her name because I don't want to give her any more visibility. But you know that should have aroused such a, a tremendous uh, reaction. And, you know, the mayor of New York is not just a local official. He's an international figure, and his voice carries weight. And when they use it for good, like we saw Giuliani, Bloomberg, Ed Koch, many others over the years, um, uh, even David Dinkins, you know, uh, was involved with the black supporting Israel, that they they have an international platform. And when they say the right things, it's very beneficial. If they do the wrong things, it's very detrimental. So... We shouldn't dismiss what happens uh, in, in in a New York City election. I know most of all that people will go out to vote and make sure that the people that the politicians know that we really do count, and especially in the primary, which in New York is uh, is tantamount to to election most times, though not necessarily always. Then that will be the case. And New York, while we're oh, talking sir. about it, yeah. I just want to say one thing out of Akarasatov about the death of of Fritz Mondale, right. Vice President Mondale. Right who was a supermensch and a great, great friend of Israel. And I can tell you now that during the Carter years, I went to him, often I went to the White House one time at 7.30, at 7 o'clock in the morning, and he went into the president and argued our case. He was a, a truly a great friend. He was a buffer, he, he, you know, between Carter and Begin on many occasions. And when he was ambassador to Japan, just as a lighter known, you know, I was in touch, and I said on your way back, to Minnesota, why don't you stop and speak to the president's conference? So he then sent me a, a message saying, you know, I'm coming back on this day. I would love, um, I would love to come in and see you and speak. 
And I wrote him back, and I said, it's a great idea, but it's Yom Kippur. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote me back, picky, picky, picky. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, first of all, I mean, commentators said there was nobody who met him who didn't like him, which is an amazing compliment. And and I wish he would have had more influence on the Carter administration when it came to Israel. I'm glad to hear you say that there was someone there who you could actually rely on to an extent and who did plead the case. But, boy, we could have used more help at that time, no doubt about it. But, yeah, uh, people don't remember. But, you know, Hubert Humphrey was his mentor, right. and he, he was a senator, always a great friend of Israel, supporter of Israel, of the Jewish community. You know, he was one of that rare breed, like Scoop Jackson. But, you know, he was a Midwesterner. He never could show the fire right. that people wanted. And he was running against a very popular Ronald Reagan. Right, 100%. Boy, I'm glad you mentioned that. I thank you for that. Uh, is Israel open? Uh, next month, we actually have tickets to broadcast, to fly to and broadcast from Israel. However, Malcolm, we're still waiting for certain Ishurim um, uh, permission, essentially, from the Israeli government. Do you have any insight into uh, the reopening of uh, the possibility for Americans to visit Israel? So this is one of the couple hundred times that we come ask this <laughs> question. And uh, all the people, you know, and we have really emergency cases with elderly parents, uh, lone soldiers, et cetera, uh, people trying to get there. Some of them are getting in. And um, uh, I hope that at the end of May we will see a loosening for groups. They don't say yet that that they're prepared to take individuals. Right. I, I spoke to people involved in this and said who said that they don't know that children will be able to come even by Rosh Hashanah. Um, that the hotels are filling up with Israelis now, so many of them are open and operating. But the um, it, it'll be a slow process. And the question is, uh, will the the, the uh, bureaucracy be really geared up to handle uh, properly? And they don't know yet what kind of tests they have to administer and how what they will recognize in terms of inoculations from here. As you know, there's been some fraud, and so they're very wary of documents from here. Um, so first ones will be those who have especially elderly parents, somebody sick, something, some immediate need to get there. And at the end of May, they're saying it will be organized groups who will probably have to meet uh, some rigid standards. And then it will slowly open up and for more and more. Hopefully, you know, by the summer, and certainly by the end of the summer, we'll, we'll see um, everybody being able to go. It's unbelievable how tenuous this situation is, that nobody has a definitive answer. Uh, by the way, we should point out, I saw the good news on the Jerusalem Post this morning, that for the first time in 10 months, a day went by in Israel without anybody dying from corona. And that's significant, obviously, because we're Very. you know the, the numbers are getting better and there's a lot fewer cases. I'm assuming, based on the news reports, uh, the Yom Ha'atzmut celebrations were, as usual, completely out of hand, and it doesn't sound like it affected anything in terms of a spike. So that's good news. Well, they weren't as out of hand. The, the, the people are still reluctant uh, in many places, and they they um, I wouldn't say that social distancing is widely practiced, and you see that they're no longer required to wear masks outdoors. Uh, but in schools and other places where where which have become major centers for um, the illnesses, it's a, it's more and more young people, and this is a handle something they don't know yet, and that's part of the reason why they're trying to make the, they'll have to make decisions. Because children will not be inoculated, probably in large numbers by the end of May. Uh, whether how that will be handled, uh, so it's and it's complicated, and especially I think because you don't have a government, um, you know, people focus on political processes. They're not 
acting quickly on this, and many of the offices are not staffed. The consulate here is overwhelmed by, by hundreds of applications. Uh, people going on Aliyah as well are, are affected. Yeah. And it's, it's cut back the numbers this year because people couldn't go. But the, the, the desire to go is great, and I think that the pent-up demand is going to be explosive. No doubt about it. Um, the the you know the U.S. leaves Afghanistan or is in the process now. I guess we would say. Um, so people wonder, rightfully so. And listeners have asked me to ask you: uh, is, is there going to be some type of system, some type of infrastructure that's left behind to monitor terrorist activity and the potential of it exploding again out of a place like Afghanistan once the U.S. is gone? I mean, I've seen the reports which say that they have some capacity for monitoring it. and But once you don't have a presence, yeah. once you don't have troops on the ground, we see even what a minimal number of troops in Syria, what a difference they make, a thousand U.S. troops or whatever that are there. The the fact that you don't have a presence, and, and in the Middle East, and this applies to many other circumstances, especially vis-a-vis Iran right now, that it's the perception that counts. It's not reality as much as it is the perception of reality. And if they see that we're turning tail and leaving places or reducing our footprint in places, then um, the, uh, our allies, and then they've expressed this, uh, are very wary of, of our commitments. And, and the, on the other hand, our enemies take advantage of it. And also, others will fill the void. Russia, China, others are rushing in, Turkey, to, to exploit every circumstance and certainly... Iran does, and and messages then are are sent by even signals that we do. It's not the fact that we withdrew our, our aircraft carriers or we take out the Patriot missiles. You know that Greece is lending Saudi Arabia a Patriot missile battery to protect the the oil refinery areas. Um, and also this week, by the way, you saw that Greece and Israel uh, and Cyprus. And not only had talks, which the UAE participated in, there were also joint military maneuvers with Israeli and uh, UAE planes flying side by side, together with six other countries uh, in the Mediterranean. And it's expression of the concern about what's happening there with Turkey, you know, playing a, a disruptive role, but also Iran and, and the other dangers. But the the positive uh, side of this and the part of it is a reaction to, to what they feel might be a, a vacuum uh, the administration makes clear that that's not their intention, and the um, uh, CENTCOM has uh, has said it. But the the fact is that we have uh, a very delicate balance right now in the region, and uh, and messages that are sent. So the withdrawal from Afghanistan doesn't just affect right. what happens inside the country; it affects how others in the region and the broader region will interpret what is America's direction, commitment. We are shifting our resources to the Indo-Pacific, to China, um, but we see increasing Chinese and Russian and other presence in the Gulf and in, in the region. It's all about the impression you're making. It, th- th- that was the Barack mistake in Lebanon when he left, that you know, that there was no effective manner of convincing people that Israel still had some type of you know, yeah, when you leave in the middle of the night, you send a message. Right. When you withdraw your troops in certain ways and leave equipment behind or whatever, and and again, there it, it's 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 true everywhere, but it's specifically true there. Yeah, I don't know why do you know really qualified generals and government officials who've been in this game for decades? Why do they make these mistakes, or, or they dafko want to make it because they're trying to appease a certain 
you know, segment of American society in this case, and, and you know, and, and make sure they proclaim to everybody we're out of Afghanistan and all, and all of you who thought this was unnecessary all these years, you know, we're finally making the move. Is that what it's all about? I don't know if it's all about it, uh, but I, I would say that there may be good reason to get out of Afghanistan. Right, but the way but they the, do it with that type of It's a question of how you do it and the, and the overall messages uh, that, that we send, that the, um, you know, the president is trying to fulfill the campaign promises he made, which was to withdraw and to cut right. back American presidents and, and wars uh, involvement. But it, it isn't that, it's not so neat and easy to do it when you have such vital stakes and and you know of course the major focus is on the in, in negotiations in Vienna um, where they're talking about certain compromises or, and again we don't know they haven't reached any agreements to some of that reports are of uh, progress uh, seem to be true but the um, they're not at a conclusion yet and they're not I don't think they're near I think it'll be a while to to they till they can supposedly they restored power at Natanz, but what, what is interesting is, and it's the way they move, and I've talked about this many times on the show, that, you know, these terrorists have the liberty, they move two steps forward, and they'll take one step back. Yeah. But then they'll take two more steps forward, and ultimately they're two steps ahead. Yeah. And what they're doing here is they're saying, okay, we're, we're ready to, to step back from the 60% enrichment, which the uh, International Atomic Energy Agency verifies that they're at, enrichment at 90% is weapons grade. From 60 to 90 is a technical move. It's nothing. To go from 3% to 5% is huge. But once you've mastered all of that, as they have now, and they say that Natanz is back in operation, so they're saying, okay, we're ready to go back to 20% enrichment. Well, 20% is a violation. They're supposed to be 3.5%. But now you see the clever thing to go to 60, and you say, okay, in the negotiations, we'll, we'll go back to 20%, yeah. which is... A danger because it means that the the breakout time. They say that they don't have to destroy all the centrifuges, which violate. They're supposed to be using IR one first generation uh, and IR two. They're, they're they're now using six, and they have the nine, which is fifty times faster than the than IR one, which means that you can produce the enriched uranium at a much faster rate. Their breakout time is cut back um, greatly, and you want to hear the hype of hypocrisy and those who sometimes. You know, criticized our criticism of the UN. The UN voted Iran onto the panel for the equality of women, <laughs> the worst country in the world in this regard, and they got voted onto it. And even women's groups in in Iran protested uh, this this decision. So, I mean, if that doesn't show, uh, you know, where the UN is at and what the, what the the real concern of of countries about women's rights, et cetera, the protection of women in a country that persecutes a leading executioner of people, including women. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And they're headed to an election in a couple of weeks, uh, which doesn't get much attention, but is very important also because the next president is likely to oversee the selection of the next supreme leader. And, you know, they're blaming everybody, uh, you know, every other country, Germany, Israel, everybody for their problems. Their economy is in ruins. And if we bail them out this time without getting ironclad guarantees, without being assured, uh, without assurances, which they will give verbally but will not be practical. Well, hopefully the uh, Iranians will spend less time thinking about annihilating other countries and spend more time thinking about the rights of women and uh, equality of women, let us hope. You can be certain. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, well, Malcolm, we'll either see you next week or we'll have a, a conversation, Bezrat Hashem, two weeks from now. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and thanks for joining us. 
Great Shabbos to everyone. Be well. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's with us Fridays at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, day 26 in the counting of the Omer. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Achrimos, and Kedoshim, candlelighting at 7.24. Monday is Pesach Sheni, by the way. Get the matzah ready. We're excited because our big Lagba Omer Ganza will be heard and seen next Friday between 6 and 11 a.m. Big thank you to our chairman, uh, Steve Adelsberg. Big thank you to our New Jersey chair, Ralph Rosenbaum. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Mizrahi, the Religious Zionists of America. Thank you to all of our sponsors, who, of course, we'll thank all through next week, uh, and to everybody who's participating with us in this five-hour special. Avraham Rosenblum, Diasperados. Arye Kunstler, an amazing super band. Friday morning, 6 to 11, we're doing a radio show. <laughs> For those of you who think it's a concert, we're doing a radio show, and all of our musical portions will be a live, incredible concert jam with the aforementioned artists, and we are looking forward to it. You can see it on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, uh, the Listen Line, of course, uh, our app. I mean, you know, our website will have the video, NahumSiegel.com. Watch them around the world and join us in a great unifying event. Uh, of wonderful Jewish music. No bigger diaspora fan than me. And Avram Rosenblum has declared that there will be no songs played next week. Did he say this? I think he said this. No songs played next week that he that he and or diaspora are not responsible for. It's all him and his material and, of course, diaspora material. And that's the way we want it, so I'm glad he confirmed that. Candlelighting at 724 here in New York. Uh, at JM and the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausage, and Deli is the world's best. Serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Um, and also our friends of Partners in Torah, I remind you that our par- friends of Partners in Torah are reminding everybody how inspiring experience it is to be a mentor to somebody who's trying to enhance their tradition and heritage um, through Torah study. And it's an hour-a-week commitment. It's a great feeling, and we highly recommend it. Go to uh, partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY-42, and become a mentor today. Well, our friends at shopeichlers.com have declared, I guess in honor of Lagba Omer coming up next Friday, uh, that starting tomorrow night, their Upsharon Gift Center is all at 10% off. Everything, the puzzles, the games, the Judaica, like the play Judaica, the plates filling, play Torahs and all that, uh, the Sfarim, the toys, everything in their department at the shopiclos.com slash Upsharon uh, is 10% off in celebration of Lag Bomer, which is coming up a Thursday night and Friday next week. The sale begins tomorrow night. So keep that in mind, 10% off on all the Upshare and Center items. And uh, remember, uh, shopiclose.com has same-day delivery to Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, and Jackson, New Jersey. Go to shopiclose.com. want to thank our chairman, Steve Adelsberg, our New Jersey chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum. I do remind you that Ralph is offering the uh, free... Um, information regarding tax scams that you should be avoiding. You could write to him and get that absolutely free, no obligation at the Ralph at taxcpa2.com. Ralph at taxcpa2.com. And Ralph will be with us next Friday. He's our New Jersey chair for the big event, the live musical Lagba Omer Extravaganza 
happening uh, next Friday between 6 and 11 a.m. Uh, right here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairland, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portions of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good to have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege to read the two parashios of Achrimos and Kedoshim. Wow. Achrimos has two positive mitzvos and 26 restrictions for a total of 28 mitzvos. Kedoshim has 13 positive mitzvos and 38 uh, restrictions for a total of 51, and together you have a total of 79 mitzvos. Wow! Now, I'd like to focus this morning, well, let's remind ourselves, first of all, that Parshas Achrimos begins with the Achas Pashana, that one very special day of the year of Yom Kippur, and it concludes Parshas Achrimos with the list of the Arayos, the prohibited sexual uh, relations that is incumbent upon the Jewish people. And then we go to Parshas Kedoshim, whereby you have, as Rashi tells you, that this was taught, this Parsha of Kedoshim, to the entire assemblage of Israel. One, because Rov Gufe Torah, Mitsuyimba, because you have so many of the basics of our uh, Torah, man to man and man to God. And as the Ramban says, you have the Ten Commandments found in the beginning of Kedoshim in different words, but the concept is there of the Ten Commandments. And I'd like to focus this morning with you and to wrestle with you a little bit with what do those two words mean, Kedoshim to you, that you are to be holy. While Reb Gaon actually counts these two words as one of the 613 mitzvos of the Torah, the majority of the Monei HaMitzvos, the Rambam and the Ramban, do not count Kedoshim Tiyu per se as a mitzvah, but it is an exceedingly important uh, charge to each and every individual. Remember, when Hashem gives the mitzvah of mezuzah, he doesn't tell Moshe, call everybody together and the entire nation, no. But here, when Hashem wants to communicate, He's clearly saying that this is something that each and every member of the Jewish community can and should aspire to. It's not meant for any kind of elite part of the community. It's for everybody. Now, how are we to understand Kedoshim to you? Literally, to be holy. 
especially if you look at the literal flow of the first verse or the second pasuk in the Torah in this parsha of Kedoshim, speak to the entire assembly of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Kedoshim to you, you are to be holy. Wait a minute, why? Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem Elokeichem, because I Hashem, your God, am holy, and as I am holy, you are to be holy. I think most of us, if we would listen to this, we'd say, wait a second, Hashem is removed from all materialism, physicality, and therefore he who has no body, he sure can be holy. But we, man who is physical, how are we to be holy? So Rav Herschel Shech Shlita, in his Sefer on the Parsha, tells you that for a greater understanding of these two words and how we can apply to each and every one of us, he says, go to the third chapter of Pirkei Avos and go to the 14th Mishnah, where, who are your Omer? Rabbi Akiva is teaching. And Rabbi Akiva taught that Chaviv Adam that all of mankind, every individual, is endowed with Tselem Elohim, literally the image of God. And what does that mean? If you look in Rashi, at the very beginning of Bereshis, chapter 1, Pasuk 26, and Hashem says, Let us make man bidmuseinu, bitsalmenu, let us make man in our form and in our image. So how does Rashi learn Tselem in our image? Lahavin ulahaskil. The man is endowed with intelligence. So that man who says, look here, birds can fly. Maybe we can make a machine whereby man could, quote, fly within this machine. So, what does that mean? That they were creative in terms of utilizing their intelligence, and then they implemented that which they thought of. This is man using his Tselem Elohim. Good. Rabbi Akiva continues and says, but Chaviv and Yisrael, but the Jewish people have something else. Aside from the intelligence that all of mankind is endowed with, Chaviv and Yisrael, continues Rabbi Akiva, Shenikru Bonim Lamokom, that we are considered literally children of God. Now, what does that mean? It means that just as a child has the DNA of his parents, and therefore, be it in terms of his appearance, be it in terms of his intelligence, be it in terms of his character and personality, there is a great deal of the parent, father, mother, that is passed down to the child through the DNA. Guess what? We are bonim atem l'ashem alokechem, as we're taught in chapter 14 at the beginning of, in the book of Bamid, Devarim, Devarim chapter 14, bonim atem l'ashem alokechem, you are children unto God. Taking that very literally, what does that mean? Hashem is holy. Ah, we who, who are children of Hashem, we too, T-O-O, 
are endowed with holiness. Oh, now that we can have a better appreciation that we are endowed with this holiness, what is this charge of Kedoshim to you? So Rashi tells us, Komokom Shatomotse Geder Erva, wherever you find a restriction of Erva, which means regarding the laws of sexual immorality, as we have at the end of Parshas Acharemos, Atomotse Kedusha. That's where you find Kedusha. The Kleokar, in his commentary on this verse, explains this Rashi sharply by analyzing the word Geder. The word Geder literally means like a fence. Komokom says the Kleokar, wherever you find Geder of Erva, which means that you are putting a restriction in a situation you are curbing the erva. What does that mean? He says as follows. When an individual is faced with a challenge, at that point there, if they withstand the challenge, they have a challenge of immorality, and they withstand the challenge of immorality that's facing them at that moment, that's not Kedusha. Explains Rabbeinu Yonah, that is Yiras Shamayim, that is exhibiting fear of heaven, or as Rabbeinu Yonah says, that's under the rubric of the Oresa Melokecha, fear Hashem. What is Kedoshim to you? Kedoshim to you is to gird yourself with holiness so that you are properly prepared, that you have the ammunition to properly succeed the test when and if the test comes. Now it's true. Every morning we complete Birkas HaShachar, and the last bracha that we follow with a lengthy hiratzon is Hamavr Sheno Me'enoi Usnumo Me'afapoi. That we thank Hashem for removing sleep from our eyes and slumber from our eyelids. And then comes that long hiratzon, which is concluded with the bracha of Gomel Chasodim Tovim Liamo Yisrael that Hashem bestows benef- bene- uh, kindnesses upon His people, we have in that Yehiratzon, in that prayer, we pray to Hashem, please gird us, targilenu secha. we should become accustomed, ragil, in your Torah, we should be dapkinu, we should be attached, secha to your commandments, and please don't bring us to sin, and don't bring us to Nisoyon. Nisoyon is to a test. We don't want to be tested. Yet, what do we find in the very first 
chapter of Mesilas Yeshorim says the Ramchal, V'hinei, and behold, and I'll translate to save time, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has placed man in an environment where he's constantly up against forces that tend to pull man away from focusing on Hashem and spirituality. These are the physical attractions that allure man, that worry to follow them. He is distracted from the absolute good. And therefore, he says that man is betoch hamilchama hachazaka. He is at all times undergoing a waging war. Why? Because all matters of this world, whether for good or for bad, they are nisionos, nothing less than tests for man. Oni, if you're going to be poor, that is one test. Will you say to God, how could you do this to me, and therefore reject him? Or, Osher, you're going to have wealth, and you're going to say to yourself, I don't need God. Hashem, you can take the day off. I'm doing very well without you. So man is confronted by tests of all different nature all the time. Comes along Parshas Kedoshim and says, you can do it. You can do it, my friends. But the way to do it is to establish holiness so that you're going to pass the test, so that you will gird yourself in advance, that you're not going to be tempted and you're not going to uh, give in to the temptation. And therefore, when you put a filter on your computer, when you put a filter on your child's teenage phone and the computer... You are girding them with Kedusha. You are preparing them that when they will have the Nisyonos, and there are so many Nisyonos today, there's so much temptation in the technology which is out there that we need to be proactive. And the means of being proactive in preparing ourselves, this is the Geder. This is the Geder of Kedusha. This is that fence that you are creating. You're not yet being tempted. The fence is being put. That fence that you're being put, that fence is called Kedoshim to you. Preparing yourself so that when the Nisoyon comes, you're going to fast, be able to pass the Nisoyon, Nisoyon the, the test, because you are girded in Kedusha. And remember, this is speaking to whom? Everybody, because we are all at the point of Nisoyon. Different people, different ways, but it challenges each and every one of us. And the Torah is reassuring us. Number one, as we're taught in Avos. And because this is part of Hashem's essence and we are His children, we too have this ability, number one, two, for Allah to bidrachov, the 611th mitzvah, to walk in his ways. As he is holy, so too we 
are holy. And therefore, the opportunity exists that when there is so much inundation of negativity in our environment, then zel umos zeh, said the wise King Solomon. Hashem is good to us and gives us so much potential for good. There's so much kosher literature that we can bring in to make sure that the Shabbos reading and the weekday reading is going to be on the proper level and not, God forbid, that which is improper. And so I take this opportunity to remind each and every one of us how privileged and fortunate we are, Banim Lamakom, which assures us that we can all succeed in Kedoshim Tiyu and that way ultimately passing the test, which is really every day. Shabbat Shalom to all.
Friday morning, JM in the AM, Shabbat in Gilo, done by our friends at Lev Tahor. Day 26 in the counting of the Omer. If you got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. If you don't receive our daily thread, Raitav Rami, he will put you on the list. Really gives you an opportunity to see what's happening every single day here at JM in the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Raitav Rami, AF at NahumSiegel.com, AF at uh, NahumSiegel.com. Uh, day 26 in the counting of the Omer. Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Achremos, and Kedoshim. We've got two Parshios. want to thank our friends at Jewish Calendar Tidbits on Twitter, Jewish Calendar Tidbits on Twitter, for reminding us about the two Parshios. Candle lighting at 724 in New York, 724. Monday is Pesach Sheni. Get the matzah ready. How many times can I use that line? There are people who really make sure to eat matzah on uh, Tuesday, on Monday. No joke. There are people who will make sure to eat matzah and to uh, commemorate Pesach Sheni. So, collect a vote. And Friday, of course, is Lag Baomer. What can I say? I've already taken the risk of saying that uh, I've done close to 10,000 JM and the AM radio shows. And I've already taken the risk of saying that next Friday will be one of the best ever. I think it's a good bet. It's going to be a five-hour radio show. Our musical component will be Avraham Rosenblum and the uh, Diasperados. Um, Arye Kunstler in the band. It's a true super band, an amazing diaspora cover band, if you will. And they are the centerpiece of our JMNAM Lagba Omer Live musical extravaganza. You can watch the whole thing at NahumSiegel.com. You can watch the whole thing on Facebook Live. You can watch the whole thing on Instagram Live. You can listen to everything, of course, on our app. You can comment on the app as the show is going on. You can comment on any of those other platforms as the show is going on. Uh, you can watch them around the world, and I encourage our people in Israel to spend the afternoon with us 
For Israel, it's 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Shabbos starts sometime after 6 next week. So spend it with us and spread the word. It's all sponsored by our friends at Mizrahi, the RZA, the Religious Zionists of America. Ari Rockoff will join us that morning. Um, a lot of other sponsors, our friends at Yatar, who I hope we can get to their goal finally of getting this ATV vehicle for um, for uh, Talman Asheh. Um, if you haven't done it yet, it's charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash Yatar Israel. A lot of individual sponsors want to thank the Markowitz and Weintraub families. They are sponsoring next week in memory of Chava Bas Shlomo. That is, of course, uh, my beloved grandmother-in-law, Mrs. Evelyn Leader. Bubby, as many of you knew her. Uh, her yard site is on Lagba Omer, so we'll have an opportunity to dedicate the show to her memory, which is pretty cool. So a big thank you to the Markowitzes and the Weintraubs. Uh, a lot of other sponsors have come forward. We'll outline them for you next week and thank them on the air, of course. If you want to sponsor the event, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. If you want to come to the event, we're asking for a $500 donation to be there. There'll be a full breakfast. There'll be a chakras at 810. The show from 6 to 11, opportunity to meet these great musicians and more. And um, just go to fjbunity.org. Under sponsorship opportunities, you'll see the tab. It's in Rahway, New Jersey. We're renting out the Arts Girl Studios in Rahway, New Jersey to do this event starting at 6 a.m. next Friday. So if you can make it there, we welcome you. And we thank you for your support and uh, for the enthusiasm that is surrounding this event. A lot of people very into it for good reason. Um, And I want to thank our chairman. I want to thank our chairman, Steve Adelsberg. I want to thank our New Jersey chair, Ralph Rosenbaum. Ralph at TaxCPA2.com. I want to thank both of them, and I want to thank, again, all of our sponsors for coming forward. And uh, and more and more, yesterday we had another couple of sponsors sign on, and we have more and more coming on every day, and I hope that um, I hope that those of you out there who appreciate the event and are looking forward to it will consider it as well at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Friday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. So next week's a big week. Pesach Shani on Monday, Lagba Omer on Friday. Um, lots of events next week. We'll get to it. Oh, Avrami pointed out to me that our website, uh, our website's community calendar is now filled with a whole bunch of stuff. Let me see what's on there um, to keep everybody up to date. By the way, I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention, um, I just want to check what date it is. So you have the advanced warning about it. Um, I know it's next week. Yeah. On April the 28th, which is Wednesday. On April the 28th, which is Wednesday, Sherry Mandel is going to be my guest. Now, she is unfortunately best known as the mother of Kobe Mandel, who as a young teen was murdered by the enemy right around Lagbomer time. Remember, that was the whole thing. They were searching for, he and his friend were searching for uh, wood and twigs and branches for Logbomer. Um, she has written a third book on this whole subject of grief and comfort. It is called Reaching for Comfort. What I saw, what I learned, and how I blew it, training as a pastoral counselor. 
reaching for comfort, what I saw, what I learned, and how I blew it, training as a pastoral counselor. Sherry Mandel, who also wrote The Blessing of a Broken Heart. That was the one recently after her son was murdered. Um, and she also wrote, what was the other name? What was the name of the other book? Uh, she also wrote The Road to Resilience, From Chaos to Celebration, which I discussed with her in a 2015 interview here on NSN that we did. So it's, it's happening Wednesday morning. Keep it in mind. Uh, we've had a lot of great authors recently. Uh, the Hadassah Lieberman interview, people have commented about how much they enjoyed. If you missed it this week, go to our uh, go to our um, go to our archives and check out the interview. On our website, the Margaret Teets event for Tuesday night in memory of Rabbi Schoenfeld is up there. Uh, the uh, Jauma event for this coming Sunday is up there. Uh, the um, Happy Minion event out in California for next week. Lagba Omer is up there. Our musical extravaganza for Lagba Omer is up there. The 15th annual Jewish Camp Expo is up there. Um, the Yom Yerushalayim virtual uh, Shear with Mizrahi Israel uh, with the Suburban Torah, uh, Congregation Suburban Torah is up there for May 10th for Yom Yerushalayim. Uh, so if you go to our website, nachomsegel.com slash community calendar, again, nachomsegel.com slash community calendar, all those events are there and the opportunity to get more information is available. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the Amp. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw Thank you. 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSigl.com and the NachumSigl Network. And, of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at JMAM. Getting ready for a week from today. Our five-hour JMAM spectacular, a live Musical extravaganza uh, with our incredible super band, Avram Rosenblum, Diasperados, Arya Kunstler, etc., etc. It's going to be quite a morning a week from today. Uh, sponsor the event by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and I thank everybody out there. Um, Matis Sunday morning, as usual, live. Incredible his stamina and his incredible commitment to JM Sunday, and I thank him. Avrami, tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel. Make sure to be tuned in. And, um, of course, Monday morning I'll speak to you starting at 6 a.m. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Single reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.